Welcome to Evolving Hollywood, where seekers and practitioners in the entertainment industry explore the depth behind the lights. In this episode, co-founder James Wagner turns the tables and interviews me, Jason Lang, about my transformative practices and passion for the industry. Welcome to Evolving Hollywood, uh, a podcast intended to bring together uh, practitioners, spiritual practitioners of various kinds who are working and living in Hollywood and working in the entertainment industry. I'm James Wagner. I'm an actor and an acting teacher, and I live here in L.A., and uh, I'm here today to interview my buddy and my co-founder, Jason Lang, who is a writer and director of feature films or films uh, altogether. And uh, so, yeah, man, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you, brother. <laughs> uh, as, uh, me too, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm glad to be able to turn the lens now towards you for a little bit, focus on you and your journey as we kind of christen this, this, uh, this evolving Hollywood ship and get it out into the ocean. And, um, so yeah, I mean, we're, I guess we'll keep it kind of simple and, uh, dive right in to the, to the business at hand. Sounds good. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned that the, the main point here for what we're doing is look at people who are working in, in, the uh, the industry and doing creative work here in Hollywood and film, television, theater, um, and, and how their, their work is overlapping with their transformational practices of one kind or another. And, uh, so in that vein, I guess we'll just launch right in and, well, let me ask you, you asked me a fair question, which was what first brought you to, um, to being a filmmaker, a writer and a director? Um, yeah, that's a, that's, it's a great question. Um, it started for me when I was pretty young. You know, I would see a lot of movies with my father, who was very into filmmaking and just going to the cinema, like the mainstream kind of cinema experience. And, uh, you know, in, in that like childhood way, some of the moments I remember most distinctly were like the end of Back to the Future when I was like five or six years old and the car flies off and just literally like you know, my jaw dropping in mm. like anticipation and excitement, um, up through like seeing Indiana Jones and the last crusade and Batman the year that came out in 1989. But I think where it really kind of emerged was in my like tween years to my teen years. Um, when like Terminator two and Jurassic park came out, I would say, yeah, yeah those were my kind of movies that I saw on the big screen and, they were simultaneously, um, you know, shifts in the industry in terms of being the first movies that had heavy visual effects, digital visual effects from computers, mm -hmm. which I was really into at the time. I was like spending a lot of time on computers and was really drawn into the visual effects world because I saw those movies and I felt, I just felt, I felt something, you know, like I felt awe, I felt excitement, I felt wonder. And that was really magnetizing to me. Uh, so I kind of followed that rabbit hole and basically I kind of tried to get into visual effects for a while, but turns out I'm not a very good artist, <laughs> like in the, in the drawing and kind of crafting side of things. Um, but that, as I got into that, you know, that started me watching like, um, there was this great show on discovery channel called movie magic, 
which was like these mini half hour documentaries about big movies, just kind of tracking how the visual effects were made. But it was like a lot of behind the scenes, just the nuts and bolts of filmmaking. Like it was my first introduction to that where I was like, Oh, that kind of looks fun. And then, uh, I think just by the time I got into high school and before college, I started to realize, like, I definitely want to do something in film. I feel a draw there. And it was a slow metamorphosis, but I just started to notice, you know, it wasn't even the visual effects necessarily, because then I kind of got more, you know, I did the college thing where I, like, started watching a lot of classical films and older films and foreign films (laughs) and, like, discovering this whole other world and was just as deeply impacted by many of those movies and they didn't have a single visual effect in them. So yeah. that's when I kind of had my like, Oh, you know what? I turns out I just really care about the stories, like and the potential for the medium to communicate uh, storytelling. So yeah, I went to film school up in Santa Cruz, which uh, was like half theory and half production. And I just loved it. I loved studying film. I loved watching movies, love talking about movies, love making movies. And then graduated from that and did not come to Hollywood instead moved to Boulder, Colorado and kind of went on a, in some ways, my graduate program, um, informally of just self-transformation and getting into personal growth and development and spirituality. Um, and it was kind of towards the end of my time there that I had a peak experience professionally of working on a television show with a mutual friend of ours, this artist, Stuart Davis, where uh, I was literally using every skill I had acquired, mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> I, like Max just, I was using my computer skills, I was using my media production skills, I was using my interpersonal skills to make this show happen. And it was about content I really cared about. And then we got done with it and we were just like, what do we do with it now? Because we made it completely outside of the industry. Mm. Uh, and it was just an aha moment that was like, for me, oh, wow, I see like, I'm very plugged into this transformational community now, but a missing piece is being plugged into Hollywood, which, um, you know, gets a bad rap in some circumstances, but is like a major conduit for consciousness on the planet in terms of like storytelling going out there. And Mm -hmm. so it just became very clear to me to, I got to move there. I want to move there. And then as more and more of my work, which we'll kind of get into, has evolved, I've just, I really love working with people, like interpersonal dynamics, and um, that's where kind of my passion for directing has started to really been rooted in. Like, I love digging into characters and psychology and states and presence with actors. And then um, writing is just a challenge for me, but it's like, I just really know the types of stuff I want to be doing. So it's like, Oh, all right, I'm a writer director. Um, and in that same way, directing kind of uses, it's nice in the sense that uh, my whole varied life of talents and skills get used directing where it's working with actors, but it's also being aware of how the camera department works and be able to communicate with them and just staying organized. Like it's all, it's everything which I love and feels like a lifelong growing process, you know, like can never, can never finish being a good director. Yeah. Always more to learn. Always, always something else to explore some other nook or cranny of subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, that that makes me kind of curious. So on the writing side, is it you, so you've started to write because that's in order for you to direct the material that interests you, that's what you need to do in order to do that. Like if, if interesting scripts were coming your way, would you just be a director? 
Uh, I would totally be open to it, but I like, um, you know, there's something very intimate about the process of writing it and seeing it through screen that I am very engaged by uh, in terms of knowing, because the, you know, the stories I hope to tell, and I think you and I are interested in telling and exploring, um, they're not necessarily just the mainstream backs, (laughs) the Mm. mainstream thing, and to some level, it's like, if I was just handed a script, I could do my best to bring my kind of vision to it, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to be constrained by the script, you know, for, well, that, versus... That's what I mean by, like, if, yeah. you got some, if you got some interesting scripts that were resonant, then that would be different. Yeah, no, I'd be open to directing them for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I well, love... When, when it's working, I love the creative process of writing yeah. uh, as well. I... Uh, it's interesting for you to say, like, you know, your passion for working with people and actors and, you know, whatever their psychology and their states and all that kind of stuff is the thing that draws you. Well, let's see, say eventually drew you to the directing rather than uh, the special effects, for example, you know, and how the directing takes advantage of all of a variety of your skills or the mix of things that are particular to you. But that kind of leads us right into this, you know, kind of uh, other thread of the discussion, which is. Uh, you know, your trans- whatever transformative practices or communities that you're involved with at this point. And I know that, you know, you're involved with the authentic stuff and which is very interpersonal. And I can see how rich that world is just by having dropped in a couple of times. And um, I can see how that would feed directly into your directing, you know. So I don't know. Can you. So I'll, I'll, I'll lay it to you now. Uh, you know, what is your what has been your journey with relationship to transformational practice? And like, what is it that's like alive for you now? And you know, that you're currently participating in? Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it started for me kind of from a more cognitive philosophical place in terms of, you know, first reading as a late teenager and into my early twenties, a number of different authors and spiritual teachers, but really kind of hitting the pinnacle and Ken Wilber mm-hmm. who uh, is kind of a East meets West integrative big picture philosopher that really just deeply resonated uh, with me and where I was at and where I'm at in my journey. And it was in pursuing kind of his work that I started to find the actual practices that were the most impactful for me, um, which of which, you know, what's regularly part of my life now, I will say, um, and kind of just go with that for now is so physical practice in terms of strength training is something I do five days a week and has become a very integral part of my just well-being even and where I feel oftentimes feel the most embodied and the most um, at ease I guess I should say uh, just dropping in and it's very meditative for me so that's been very profound in one of my core practices and where I get to practice, like just showing up, which is a very big theme in my life. Um, in addition to that, uh, I have a, I now have, I can thankfully say, you know, 11 months in a regular sitting practice where, uh, I do a half hour of Zazen every morning during the week. I take weekends off right now. Mm. Um, but that has been a, uh, a surprise to me actually in some ways because it was meditation is one of those things that pretty much every community says you should do it you should do it and even scientists and doctors are like yeah, it's so good for you you should do it and i heard that for 10 years and basically never did it with any regularity 
Um, but for whatever reason, just had the calling finally kind of hit me earlier this year. And now I love it. Uh, it's something like I look forward to in the sense of, you know, I think particularly choosing the paths we've chosen professionally in our, mm-hmm. our business, our art, our industry, like they're not the same as some other industries in the sense there's not necessarily just a nice checklist to follow that will result in financial security and creative success. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's just a lot of variables. So a large part of my challenge has been what's the next step to take? And what's the best next step to take that's inevitably going to get me where I want to get, you know, which comes with a certain amount of stress. And I'm sharing that because it's one of the reasons I love my sitting practice now is it's like a half hour a day where I just don't have to give a shit about that and like totally let go. And like, I don't have to worry about decisions or life or future. And I just notice I get to just be there, find my breath. And it has become such like a nice thing I look forward to where it's like almost a break in a great, great, great way. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I remember George Leonard, you know, the, uh, the integral transformative practice guy, you know, uh, buddies with Mike Murphy. And they used to talk about how the good thing about this integral transformative practice thing is that if you do, you know, it becomes this anchor in a, in a by having a, something like a meditation practice that you do every day, it becomes this one place where, Amidst all the chaos, like there is a, there is some stability, you know? um, Yeah. And I've really, I've really started to feel that in terms of, as I've committed to just even like even just committing to strength training and then meditation, like being able to commit to that regularly is making it easier for me to commit to the other things I want to be committing to in life. Yeah. If that makes. um, Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because, you know, really all that matters is our commitment and our, and our choices to our choice to show up, you know, yeah, like we can't control the outcome, but we can absolutely control our choice to, to, to be there, you know, and to show up for it. So like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like meditation is just that it's exercising that ability to just, you know, make the choice and to be there, you know, absolutely um, to commit to sitting for 30 minutes to any, I, I truly believe any daily commitment that somebody took on, any daily discipline like that, where it was like, Hey, come hell or high water, rain or shine, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm going to just, I'm just going to do it no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on. I'm just going to do it. Like that is a radically transformative process. Like even if it was just, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm going to wake up every day and, and inflate 10 balloons. <laughs> if you yeah. really did it every day, would yeah. you know with a certain level of mindfulness like all kinds of other things would become obvious to you you know so i definitely uh, resonate with that yeah yeah i do think a, a formal sitting practice and some instructed instruction is better than inflating balloons but i'm just <laughs> yeah yeah um and then yeah i'll just quickly kind of wrap up i guess my other main practices then would be um yeah i'm very involved in this work and community known as authentic relating, which Mm. is um, really just a set of practices that are really about relational awakening. So waking up in relationship with each other in Mm. terms of having deeper, more intimate, more present and more alive interactions with the people around us and actually using our community, using our sangha as another tool to help us become awake, to become aware of our blind spots, to... um, 
really, as we like to say, have the experience of seeing and being seen by each other and dropping into that work, which is, in my experience, a very distinct type of presence, um, has really transformed a lot of my life um, in terms of not only my own sense of well-being, but I'm now at the point where I'm, it is impacting um, kind of everything around me, and that's really great. Uh, so I do that, and then I definitely have a disciplined and, um, what would be the word, sacred practice of, I do do psychedelics a couple times a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been very profound and um, deeply healing for me um, as an actual tool and awakening. Uh, the integration turns out to be, you know, as with most things, the harder thing, but mm-hmm. working on that. And then finally, I, I got to say that for me, literally going to the theater and seeing movies is mm. absolutely a practice for me. Um, I, I feel like it's, I get into an altered state in the really good ones and just the experience of being in the dark room with other people. It, yeah, every time I like come out glowing um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's so great. I love it. And I do find it transformational. Yeah, I totally relate. I think, I, I think that my acting is a transformational practice and I, and I think I've, I've been able to find a way to make viewing the, the process of sitting. Interesting. It's just sitting also again, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah. And witnessing what's, what's coming up inside of me and what's coming up on the screen. And so it can be a, a deep how uh, if I become aware of how I view what you know what I'm involved with as I'm watching, um, it can be a profound transformational practice. And Absolutely. I think I think it's if we become a little more active and not just completely receptive, like we have to yeah we have to, we have to make it a conscious practice. I I believe. But, um. Anyway, that's cool, man. Anything else you want to add to the? I think that's the- a good overview of yeah practices. So then. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about how it affects the way you would direct, especially the inner, the authentic relating uh, process. Yeah. Um, but do you, you want to say some more about how your practice is, how or? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, affecting your creative work. Definitely, just in terms of um, being present on set, even as a director, which. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't done a ton of directing yet, but in my experience, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. There's a lot of information and being able to have some equanimity and space Mm. and staying connected. Um, And honestly, just being, despite all that, being able to be nice to the people around you and understanding that everyone's, you know, doing their best and trying to make it all happen instead of like attacking or throwing it out on other people. Um, I've had some very good feedback on the last couple of things I've worked on in terms of being able to help set the vibe of a set just by my presence, which mm-hmm. I absolutely directly correlate to all the work I've done um, in terms of the meditation and the physical transformation. And, and yeah, I mean, even the physical transformation is like, you know, being on set, like in production, film production and theater for that matter, it's like, it's physically exhausting. So just having the energy in my body to be able to not crash is very important. And one of the things that really 
anchored me into going back into the gym where it's like, oh, all the hours I put in here, let me be more present in those really sacred moments of shooting or filming where literally money is just, you know, going out the door with every take. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it matters to be able to show up. And then, yeah, the authentic kind of relating and interpersonal skills and honestly, just the whole exploration of consciousness and understanding like psychology and development all really relates to just handling character and story and narrative and, you know, the movies I'm most impacted by and the scenes and the moments on stage that I'm most impacted by, usually what happens is like a feeling of resonance or truth or like, oh, that feels real. Mm. And I think to be able to help cultivate that in terms of a film or with an actor I'm working with, like I have to understand those experiences in myself and what makes them feel real and what I'm connecting to. So as I learn to practice more of this um, kind of interpersonal work, it's, it's, it has really helped to be able to be like, oh, I don't know, you know, like that. However, if, when you read that, like how you did that line or that scene, that's the feeling, right? Like we want that. Mm-hmm. Um, has just being able to cultivate that awareness uh, has been really important and impactful for me. And I would also say just in terms of even with Authentic Los Angeles, about a year and a half ago, I started leading events um, in terms of facilitating them and, you know, practicing just being in front of a room has been very useful and great and is definitely translating in the same way to being on set and being a leader and, or even, you know, one of my last film was doing festivals just feeling present and connected and confident doing Q and A's after the film and like being in front of the room and taking questions and feeling good about that. That's like, I can correlate all that to my transformational work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, uh, I relate to a lot of what you said and I I would add, (laughs) I would have a lot to add, but I think I will refrain for now. And, and (laughs) In, uh, in order to respect time or to keep us moving. Um, so I also wanted to ask uh, if there's anything – I think, you know, you, you described Terminator and uh, Jurassic Park as two experiences or of, of watching something or being on the receiving end um, mm-hmm. that inspired you or changed you. But I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to add to that list of uh, – yeah, media um, that was like the most transformative experience on the receiving end. You know, I would say, mm, I had there, there's so many. What's just coming up to me, particularly in this moment, is um, the Before trilogy by Richard Linklater, mm. which is a, it's three movies, but it's all kind of one piece. Um, and in those films, not only did I just deeply resonate and get a sense of like, this feels Is it very... The, uh, before midnight, like before sunrise? Before or? sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. Um, yeah. with, with Ethan Hawke and what's Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Yeah. Um, like just very, very simple films, very relational, very just in some ways conversational. But uh, I just noticed every, every time I watch those, I have the experience of... Um, discovering something new about myself in terms of when I'm feeling tender in the movie or what I'm connecting to the most. And even the way those films 
explicitly like one of the things I love about cinema is, you know, it is an art of time. Like mm. time is part of like with cuts and frame by frame, like t- this concept of time is just woven into, into it. And those films like really explicitly deal with it um, in a way that is so profound to me where being with these same fictional characters every seven years, it's not only how have they grown, but like I get to feel what has happened for me in that seven years. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, every time I see those movies, I'm like the way I feel when I walk out of those experiences is like, if I can do that once in my artistic career for someone else, mm-hmm. I'll feel complete. I think I felt that about the I Heart Huckabees scene where they're smashing each other in the face with the red ball. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I was totally like, fuck, they did it. I'm just going to retire. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so... Oh, let me ask, let me ask you this. So what, what inspires you right now? Like, where do you feel like, where does your vision take you when you look forward? Um, like what do you see that's exciting and possible on the horizon that either it can be stuff that you're doing or stuff, stuff that's bigger than you that you just want to be a part of? Um, I mean, I am currently writing a feature I hope to shoot next year. So that for one is very exciting. And I think I just, more feeling it overall right now is like we're in such a fascinating moment um because media is just like accelerating in terms of there's more and more good stuff being made Mm. and more and more outlets for it and less and less barriers to creating it and the means of like creating it are even evolving and we're like literally on this threshold of you know, in addition to being like really into film growing up, I was a big video gamer. And like, we are months away from the Oculus Rift being deployed into culture, which <laughs> most people just think of kind of like, oh, the video game side of things. But in terms of a platform for transformational experiences, it's going to, it has so much profound potential. And already, you know, a lot of mind body people are starting to tinker with it. And I feel yeah. like it's going to be a really, to be an artistic creator at the same time that's emerging in a way that literally it can incorporate so many of the things I love in terms of storytelling, mind, body, state training, and even um, like perspective taking as a practice. Cause it's mm-hmm. literally, you're going to be taking perspectives. Uh, it gets me really excited to just be like, wow. And, and even the implications, you know, for like, in some weird way, like I went to this great VRLA um, meetup and they had someone who had shot a film in VR for the Oculus. And, you know, so you have like a 360 degree camera. And, but what they were talking about was like, yeah, it's a totally different way of filmmaking now because you have to hide the crew. So like, if you're shooting 360 degrees, like you have to like hide the crew and then you can't cut in the same way. So it's this interesting like integration of kind of the film style acting, but the theater acting as well, because the scenes tend to play out a lot longer and more in real time with like that actual fluidity and interaction between actors, because it's, you know, it's literally just happening all around. So people are walking around and weaving in and out. And 
there's a whole new aesthetic that's having to be created because you can't, you know, when you're in a first person perspective, like cuts are really harsh. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot more like flowing and long takes and I don't know. So I just love, I love that we're in this moment and get to help define where this kind of new emergent forms of storytelling um, so that's fascinating. So the person who's wearing the thing, will they be able to like turn their head and look at a different part of the movie depending on where they turn? Uh, yeah, depending on – there's a couple different styles. There's kind of the films that are more what they call on rails, which is like being on a roller coaster where it's – there's a certain preset path, but you can kind of look around a little bit. And then there's the other ones where you can like really like just totally look around. But then so it also becomes like as a storyteller, how do you – guide someone's attention to where it's supposed to be in the moment when mm -hmm. they can when they have free reign it's like so it's just a fascinating well that was that's always been one of the things differences between theater and film in the sense of like when you're <coughs> sitting when you're watching a piece of theater you can direct in such a way that you draw people's attention to a certain area but they are free to look wherever they want whereas yeah. uh you know up to a certain point but whereas uh you know when you're watching film the filmmaker says look at this now yeah. look at this. Now look at this. Now look at this. And it's you know, again to a certain degree, it's not absolute, but um, interesting. All right, brother. Well, uh, I know we couldn't possibly encapsulate you all of your your splendor in one thirty minute yeah. <laughs> interview. So uh, luckily, people can discover that over many months and years of listening to interviews and conversations with you coming up. Absolutely. Um, but uh, great to hear, great to talk to you about this stuff again. I know you well, and it's still fun to dive in and ask these questions that you don't get to ask people when you're just like sitting down to have coffee someday. You know, it's I love uh, it. Yeah, I love, I love the excuse to have these kinds of conversations, and I'm I'm looking forward to a lot more of them. So, um, right on, on, brother. On that. I feel fully evolved and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I guess we'll sign off for now, huh? Sounds good. All right, man. Have a great day. Learn more about Evolving Hollywood at www.evolvinghollywood.com. Our music was provided by Robert Alexander of liferhythms.us. <laughs>